Section 16 of the Inglesby Legends, First Series. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Inglesby Legends, First Series, by Richard Harris Barham. Section 16. Father John Inglesby, to whose papers I am largely indebted for the saintly records which follow, was brought up by his father, a cadet of the family, in the Romish faith, and was educated at Douay for the church. Besides the manuscripts now at Tappington, he was the author of two controversial treatises on the connection between the papal hierarchy and the nine of diamonds. From his well-known loyalty, evinced by secret services to the royal cause during the protectorate, he was accepted by name out of the acts against the papists, became superintendent of the Queen Dowager's chapel at Somerset House, and enjoyed a small pension until his death, which took place in the third year of Queen Anne, 1704, at the mature age of ninety-six. He was an ecclesiastic of great learning and piety, but from the stiff and antiquated phraseology which he adopted, I have thought it necessary to modernize it a little. This will account for certain anachronisms that have unavoidably crept in. The substance of his narratives has, however, throughout been strictly adhered to. His hair shirt, almost as good as new, is still preserved at Tappington, but nobody ever wears it. The Jackdaw of Reims Tunc miser corvus adeo conscientiae stimulus compunctus fuit, et execratio eum tanto pere ex carnificavit, ut ex inde tabascere incipiret, machium contraheret, omnum cibum adversaritur, nec amplius crociteret, penae praeteria e defluabant, et alis pendulus omnis facetius intermisit, et tam macer aparuit ut omnis eius miseriscent, tunc abas sacerdotibus mandavit ut rursus furum absolverent, quo facto corvus omnibus mirantibus, propedium convaluit et prestinum sanitatum recuperavit. De illustri ordo Cisterciani. The jackdaw sat on the cardinal's chair, bishop and abbot and prior were there, many a monk and many a friar, many a knight and many a squire, with a great many more of lesser degree, in sooth a goodly company, and they served the Lord Primate on bended knee. Never, I ween, was a prouder seen, read of in books or dreamt of in dreams, than the Cardinal Lord Archbishop of Reims. In and out through the motley rout that little jackdaw kept hopping about, here and there, like a dog in a fair, over comfits and cates, and dishes and plates, cowl and cope, and rochet and pall, mitre and crozier he hopped upon all, with saucy air he perched on the chair, where in state the great lord cardinal sat, in the great lord cardinal's great red hat, and he peered in the face of his lordship's grace, with a satisfied look, as if he would say, We two are the greatest folks here to-day. And the priests with awe, as such freaks they saw, said the devil must be in that little jackdaw. The feast was over, the board was cleared, the flans and the custards had all disappeared, and six little singing boys, dear little souls, 
in nice clean faces and nice white stoles came in order due two by two marching that grand refectory through a nice little boy held a golden ewer embossed and filled with water as pure as any that flows between reims and namur which a nice little boy stood ready to catch in a fine golden hand basin made to match two nice little boys rather more grown carried lavender water and eau de cologne and a nice little boy had a nice cake of soap worthy of washing the hands of the pope one little boy more a napkin bore of the best white diaper fringed with pink and a cardinal's hat marked in permanent ink the great lord cardinal turns at the sight of these nice little boys dressed all in white from his finger he draws his costly turquoise and not thinking at all about little jackdaws deposits it straight by the side of his plate while the nice little boys on his eminence wait till when nobody's dreaming of any such thing that little jackdaw hops off with the ring there's a cry and a shout and a deuce of a rout and nobody seems to know what they're about but the monks have their pockets all turned inside out the friars are kneeling and hunting and feeling the carpet the floors and the walls and the ceiling the cardinal drew off each plum-coloured shoe and left his red stockings exposed to the view he peeps and he feels in the toes and the heels they turn up the dishes they turn up the plates they take up the poker and poke out the grates they turn up the rugs they examine the mugs but no no such thing they can't find the ring and the abbot declared that when nobody twigged it some rascal or other had popped in and prigged it the cardinal rose with a dignified look he called for his candle his bell and his book in holy anger and pious grief he solemnly cursed that rascally thief he cursed him at board he cursed him in bed from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head he cursed him in sleeping that every night he should dream of the devil and wake in a fright he cursed him in eating he cursed him in drinking he cursed him in coughing in sneezing in winking he cursed him in sitting in standing in lying he cursed him in walking in riding in flying he cursed him in living he cursed him in dying never was heard such a terrible curse but what gave rise to no little surprise nobody seemed one penny the worse the day was gone the night came on the monks and the friars they searched till dawn when the sacristan saw on crumpled claw come limping a poor little lame jackdaw no longer gay as on yesterday his feathers all seemed to be turned the wrong way his pinions drooped he could hardly stand his head was as bald as the palm of your hand his eye so dim so wasted each limb that heedless of grammar they all cried that's him that's the scamp that has done this scandalous thing that's the thief that has got my lord cardinal's ring the poor little jackdaw when the monks he saw feebly gave vent to the ghost of a caw and turned his bald head as much as to say pray be so good as to walk this way slower and slower he limped on before 
till they came to the back of the belfry door where the first thing they saw midst the sticks and the straw was the ring in the nest of that little jackdaw then the great lord cardinal called for his book and off that terrible curse he took the mute expression served in lieu of confession and being thus coupled with full restitution the jackdaw got plenary absolution when those words were heard that poor little bird was so changed in a moment twas really absurd he grew sleek and fat in addition to that a fresh crop of feathers came thick as a mat his tail waggled more even than before but no longer it wagged with an impudent air no longer he perched on the cardinal's chair he hopped now about with a gait devout at matins at vespers he never was out and so far from any more pilfering deeds he always seemed telling the confessor's beads if any one lied or if any one swore or slumbered in prayer-time and happened to snore that good jackdaw would give a great caw as much as to say don't do so any maw while many remarked as his manners they saw that they never had known such a pious jackdaw he long lived the pride of that countryside and at last in the odour of sanctity died when his words were too faint his merits to paint the conclave determined to make him a saint and on newly made saints and popes as you know it's the custom at rome new names to bestow so they canonized him by the name of jim crow End of section 16